Elmo Aoyama with Life. We're on mornings and I think you know what time it is. Mm. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies. Morning, Jen. Morning, Andre. How are you? Oh my god, I'm good. I'm a bit, I'm a bit shaken. I was thinking about my nine one one Lady Gaga review, and um, someone with Beats by Dre headphones like ran into my car, turning off Alice Street onto King Street. Oh my god! Like, just like the music video, she wasn't wearing a helmet while she was going for her jog or anything. Just like Gaga. Oh my! Well, hang on. That was stressful. Stay, okay. stay tuned to Movies, Movies, Movies because uh, very, very soon we're going to be playing Jen and Andre's chat with Rainbow Chan and Marcus Whale about their performance with Eugene Choi called In the Mood, a love letter to Wong Kar, Wong Kar Wai and Hong Kong. Um, that was obviously the worst time for my regular fumble to come in. I apologise. And we have Movies, Movies, Movies and we're going to dip into a little bit of movie news. Yes. We're going into movie news. That's gossip. Movie news. That's gossip. Take it away, Jen and Andre. Jenny, am I going first for the news? Because I am losing this doc. Oh, here we go. I found it. Okay, you guys, listen up. From the 17th to 27th of September, you can catch... The Queer Screen Queer Film Festival, it is online. So all you have to do is go onto a website to clock what films are screening. Hint, Stage Mom with Jackie Weaver is definitely on the lineup. And nothing by Jen and I. Jen, what do you think? There's also, is there not um, some retrospective that looks relatively good at Dendi happening where you can watch Tangerine on the big screen? I truly hope so, because I was thinking about how much I love Sean Baker the other day watching Sarah Silverman accept an award. But everyone, if you're interested in the Queer Screen Film Festival, hop on to their website. Everything is so elegantly and beautifully laid out. Oh, those queers have got it right. And you can just watch everything online from the comfort of your home. Don't have to go out to a cinema. Best queer screen film festival I've heard. Gorgeous. Um, on top of that, best queer screen film of the future is being made. Madonna is directing her own movie about herself, written by Juno's Diablo Cody, who Madonna never introduces as, you know, Oscar winner for her debut film, Diablo Cody, always introduces as um, stripper Diablo Cody, constantly, <laughs> incessantly, through the one-hour IGTV uh, interview, which we kind of watched, Andre. What would, how would you describe the IGTV live of Madonna and Diablo Cody's writing process that we watched? Definitely revelatory in showing how Madonna would write a screenplay, but that is something that we don't want to know because watching her plan and workshop a script with two Macs open, a glass of wine and some pizza in front of her with Diablo Cody is kind of boring and cringe in a lot of ways. But as a... She definitely is like a cafe owner talking to a barista the way that she talks to Diablo Cody and criticises what she's wearing while she's trying to engage with her life story. That is the kind of energy it is. It kind of feels like it's exactly that in the sense that Madonna knows one thing about Diablo Cody and she just keeps repeating it as if she's a broken record. (laughs) And it's kind of like, no offence Diablo, but 
no offense to Madonna, but Diablo's career has like it outshone her stripper years so much that you better start relying on her filmography to, to buffer up because no one's talking about her as a sex worker. But let me just say, I I do believe that Diablo is going to kill it, and I totally am going to watch this with with glee and excitement, and don't care if Madonna is obnoxious, as you say. I hope they cast Tony Collette as Madonna. Oh my god. Moving on to more fantastic upcoming things to watch. Pen15 Season 2 has landed on Stan, and it's only taken them two episodes to do a whole shtick on Paul Thomas Anderson. I highly recommend it. We are reunited with Maya and Anna, and it's gorgeous to see our two favourite 13-year-olds. Are they 13? I always wonder, how old are you in years 7 and 8? Is that 13, 13. or 14? 13, 14. 13. Depends, how, depends what time of the year you were born, you know, and whether oh. you had to repeat, don't you think? <laughs> Apply for a new Bank Australia card because you're going to want to delete it and lose it after you make your free Stan account for a month and watch Pen15 Season 2. Highly recommend it. And last but not least, we do have a prediction for <laughs> the Oscar Best Film nomination and winner of the year, it's obviously going to be Nomadland. No other film is getting any press. It's from Chloe Zhao, who famously did The Rider, which I think won big at Sydney Film Festival a couple of years back. And she's also directing the new Marvel movie with Angelina Jolie that's shooting at the moment. She's screening this everywhere. They're doing drive-in screenings. And it seems to be a beautiful, beautiful movie with Frances McDormand in it, set in like a, a liminal kind of caravan park, would you say, Andre? Looks like there's going to be lots of long takes and sunsets. I wouldn't be able to tell you. I saw that Francis McDormand was in it, and I completely ignored it. But yes, um, Francis McDormand. <laughs> I don't think you can blame Francis McDormand for three billboards in the same way that you can't blame Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. Ooh. Catch me on the basketball court to have this conversation, Jen, because I have a lot to say about Francis McDormand. A lot to say. <laughs> as long as My you gosh. do it with steering wheel acting. I think I need to break this fight up before it gets any worse. <laughs> We're on movies, movies, movies. My name's Maya Billick. Jen and Andre, your favourite film lords, are joining me and we're going to go to a little bit of Jungle Pussy with Arugula right here. You're an FBI. I love long like a tangerine dream song. Meet me on the ocean floor, that's where I've been gone. Don't play me low-key on your ukulele. Cause me pain, call me crazy, then call me a lady. Of course, I wasn't gas, not at all. Nah, you never claim me. Made sure to tell your friends you know me cause I'm famous. Congratulations, maybe I'm jaded. I could have sworn I seen you loving things you said you hated. Wasn't I the one to make you love the shit you hated? Introduced you to beet juice and artichoke. Acting funny and from me round your work folk. You don't miss me, you just know I want my back broke. Wig snatched, get my eggs cracked, I don't know. It's all fun till you notice we not equally yoked. I may be goofy, maybe sexy, but I'm not a joke. Hardy hard, take me far away like Fifi D. Sometimes I give in the sadness, sometimes I go to sleep.
Jungle Pussy on FBI 94.5. Arugula like a taut arugula salad right there. Oh, well, that's not what we wanted. I'm going to pull that down a little bit. We're on movies, 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 and we are going into take two right here. Take two. Now, uh, Jen and Andre, I we are... The three of us are communally excited for these reviews. We are going to go into uh, Les Miserables, a foreign film Oscar nominee directed by Lad Lee. Is that the correct pronunciation? Thank you, Andre. Let's hear a little cheeky bit of it. Ici, c'est notre vie. Toi, tu débarques, nous, ça fait dix ans qu'on est là. On est les seuls à se faire respecter. Hey les gars, les gars, ils sont là, ils sont là, ils sont là. Ceux qui te respectent, tu me parles. Les gens d'ici, ils ont peur de vous, c'est tout. C'est quoi l'histoire Quand t'as volé un lion Ouais. Mets l'impression sur les petits, faut qu'on retrouve le lion. Arrête-toi là Bouge pas, arrête-toi I love the aggressive wit. Mm. I couldn't hear that trailer, but I could tell that it was saucy. I love <laughs> fast-talking French film trailers. Um, okay, so did you get an idea of what Les Mis is about uh, from that cheeky little trailer? Police brutality, volunteers in Paris, you know, the violence, the conflict, everything's happening. I know you guys are thinking, Ange, you're not an expert on this. What the fuck do you know about Parisian police brutality? And let me just say to you guys, I don't know enough, but this film is revelatory. And the best part about it is that it explores the violence and conflict of the banlieues, um, you know, makeup and how the society functions in those like segregated areas of Paris. And it doesn't have, to, it doesn't rely on an empathetic story or a drama that kind of feels befitted to the like foreign film Oscar nomination that it got. It just goes for information and action, which makes total sense because I was looking up the director, who's Lajie Lee, and he is associated with the Court Trajme, which is a filmmaking collective that had Roman Gavras, I want to say Mathieu Kassovitz, which is kind of those gritty sort of 90s, early 2000s French films that were very like handheld running around Paris, you know, justice video clip. I think kind of MIA video clip for bad girls. Anyway, this film is exhilarating. As Jenna and I both said as we walked out, it's pretty on the nose and easy to follow. So don't feel like you're going into like an overwhelmed case study of, you know, um, society brutality towards minorities in Paris. But feel feel prepped to go in for a movie that's gonna jumpstart you a bit because it jumpstarted me last night so hard. I went on such an internet dark hole just looking up every single type of banlieue in Paris, looking at where the references were for the films. Anyway, I highly recommend it. I'm just too ecstatic about this film to even make sense. It is probably, dare I say, straight from the papers, one of the best films of the year. Jenny? Damn. I'm so excited that you're excited. You're back. It's so nice. Mm. I especially love the scenes where people are just throwing trolleys full of things down fire escape staircases. Mm. That, to me, is what I want to see, and I'll watch a movie with that in it. The moment it's super it. performatively chaotic, which I I really f with, um, and I think I I really I really liked the tone of it in how it presented all the events. I, it seemed like it just was so mm. beyond what you kind of expect from like a quote unquote dramatic society film that would get nominated for an Oscar, where it just didn't feel 
kind it felt of, like the sopranos i felt like the sopranos it didn't feel like every every single element was a pawn in like surrounding a larger morale or something it was just a it was it was filmmaking it was fuck cinema love filmmaking I was, no, you want. I want to keep talking about Les Mis. Look, I was just going to say, would you compare it to something like Lahaine? I mean, the film came out twenty-five years later, so I don't even think that we can compare the two because there is such a huge gap in time. And uh, no, because Lahaine is so aesthetic and bourgeois and pretty, and uh, this is kind of trying to counteract that. I think. Oh, I'm into that. All right, we're going to be right back. I have got another track for you by Berwin. There is some naughty words here, so consider this a language warning. It's called Trap Phone. Trap Phone by Berwin. Shout out to the text line giving Andre some love for his review on 0409-945-945. Let us know what you're thinking. We are on two takes and it is time for Jens, and I'm excited. I've got my Chromatica jumper on in anticipation because Jen is going to be reviewing the 911 music video. Oh, I'm keen. Take it away, Jen. It just feels like Gaga's standing up for visual art again. And when I say visual art, I mean the most important art, which is film. It feels like this is like two underground mainstream projects from little Italian girls in New York in 2007 that have collided this weekend. And I'm talking about Lady Gaga and Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project. I'm sorry, but when there's 99 people in a room and one person is telling you they're the only one who believes in you, that person is Alex Novakovic from This Is Paris documentary, Manipulative. So when I see Gaga screaming the most powerful scream since Kesha's 556 hertz in Praying, it feels like Gaga sheds years of Bradley Cooper didactic social realism and replaces it in a second with persecuted bisexual Soviet formalism and psychomagic. And I love it. Thanks to Tassam Singh, I now don't have to watch June, which I was dreading, and I don't have to wear beige to Halloween. I'm so excited that Steffi G has casted herself as an Armenian love poet, say it Nova, to tell a story of her own chronic pain in a way that, like, I guess you can choose to let wash over you or research for the rest of your life, like these obsessive scholars of Parajanov I've been reading and listening to all weekend, like Andre has been delving into, like, social politics in, in Paris. I mean, just three weeks ago, oh my God, we had Francesca Levy on the show talking about her own 911 Parajanov um, devotional with Mika Levy, The Colour of Chips, and making sense of this like spiralling, toxic, nostalgic time we're living through. And I'm realising I'm spiralling myself. That's how much love I have for this. Just like you have all this love for Les Mis, I just can't wait for it to screen at the AGNSW and I need to shut up. And um, I just like can't stop thinking about that person that ran into my car at the start of your show, just like in the uh. music video. <laughs> so I guess the message is wear a helmet. Hundred percent wear a helmet, but I think more so. Okay, so this this music video, comparatively to the other music videos of Chromatica, are just like interesting setting, but you know, just like a dance formation, doing a routine. Nine one one is like Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and then like a whole bunch of biblical references throughout, and then all of a sudden it shifts to like Back to the Future 
they're waiting to like connect the clock to the strike Ooh. of like thunder. <laughs> Andre, you were saying that she has finally moved out of her house of laboratories phase. What did you think? I have been saying so many emotional and house of laboratories. <laughs> house of laboratories. <laughs> I keep repeating self-hating phrases about Chromatica, and this was the first time that I truly felt like Gaga has done something visually and sonically exciting. Um, I I love the pairing of auteurs with Gaga to make music videos this year. I mean, apart from Stupid Love, as we all know, but Tustin Singh doing 911 just feels like Gaga is actually caring about, like you said, the best form of art, which is film, for the first time in such a long time. And it almost feels like a comeback, even though she's been smashing out hits like There's No Tomorrow. And and yeah, and also we, we need to remind ourselves like Gaga is the queen of referencing in her music videos. I mean, if you look into the references in this film, in this music video, it talks about, you know, R.E.M. and Madonna, how they were these bands that were always referencing movies and cinema culture. And it's like, Gaga was doing that too. I mean, Gaga had the pussy wagon at some point and, you know. I know, was, but she's gone from like, she's gone from being a girl who had a Reservoir Dogs poster on a wall to like someone who watches Vera Chitilova and like has cups of tea. Totally. Every 10 years we get a telephone video clip and this is what we're going to get for this decade. So maybe in 10 years time we'll, we'll get Gaga, you know, doing a shout out to 10 Things I Hate About You or something as, you know, as, as cool as, I don't know, Monsters Inc. or something. Let us know what you think on 0409-945-945. We're on Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings. Don't go anywhere right after this next song. Uh, Rainbow Chan and Marcus Whale are going to be on air with Jen and Andre talking about their performance with Eugene Choi in The Mood is the name of the performance piece. In The Mood, a love letter to Wong Kar Wai and Hong Kong. There's going to be more info very, very shortly. So don't go anywhere. Right. 
You're on mornings. We're on movies, movies, movies. And it is time for Spotlight. Spotlight. All right, Jen, Andre, please give us the introduction for this excellent chat. Yeah, this is a pre-recorded interview we did with Rainbow Chan and Marcus Whale over the weekend about their performance with Eugene Choi called In The Mood, a love letter to Wong Kar Wai in Hong Kong, starring those three. It's a world premiere, a new commissioned performance from the Opera House, which is going to be premiering this Saturday, 26th of September at 9pm um, on demand as well. Like you, I mean, you'll be able to watch it and from then and afterwards. I don't think it'll just be live and then vanish and be ephemeral, right? I would hope so. I would hope so. But do you know what is ephemeral? Chunky Express and In the Mood for Love. And basically any one kawaii film that you can find on DVD. Because you can watch those and get prepped. Or you can watch this beautiful performance on the Sydney Opera House YouTube page and then indulge in some beautiful cinema that has killer soundtracks. Jen, killer soundtracks, am I right? Killer soundtracks, am I right? Killer soundtracks is the dreams cover in Chunking Express. Literal, literal tearjerker. It's so stunning. I know that we talk about In the Mood for Love, but Chunking Express is where it's at. Should we play the interview? We're going to play this interview right now. I think if I had to like tag myself as a Wong Kar Wai film, it would be Chunking Express. Are you guys- Oh yes! (laughs) Do you guys have like a really personal relationship with the film? Yeah, for me, like Chunking Express is like, that is like, that's my life. Like Fei Wong's character in that, like literally me. Um, And so that's always had a very important place in my heart especially the way it, you know, just captures this like essence of Hong Kong in a very romantic and sort of nostalgic way. But like for me, as a person from Hong Kong, like it just, it, it's like my lifeblood in a sense. In the Mood for Love has always been one that's a bit more um, distant for me. And I think only recently, especially like with everything that's happened in COVID and the social political developments in Hong Kong in the last, you know, year, it's, I've found a real resurgence in my appreciation of this film and the way that it's so understated and it's like nothing happens in the film yet so much happens. Um, so yeah, for me that it's like, there's also kind of like a quasi spiritual kind of element to it for me. Fully. Okay. Please tell me you guys had a night to yourselves where you all sat down and watched, I want to say both Chunking Express and The Mood for Love, but at least in The Mood for Love. And if you guys did do that, which I'm hoping you did, tell me how that went down. <laughs> what was that setting like? Uh, yeah, we, we did that. We watched In the Mood for Love all together in Eugene's apartment. We all were taking notes and like discussing as it was happening all, all the moments that really like felt resonant or interesting or beautiful in some way. And, and, and things that we could we thought we could translate into the action of like mostly a music show. But also I think we were watching it and because we're such close friends as well, like we were kind of watching the movie and then mapping out certain things onto our own personal love lives mm. or like t- the tumultuous nature of our like last decade together knowing each other. Yeah. Mm. FYI, Marcus has learnt Mandarin for this show. So he's learnt my song in Mandarin. I like I got chills when I first heard the 
when first like Marcus first performed it for me. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Do you so, feel like thank yeah. you, Rainbow? <laughs> Do you feel like actors in the movie when you're playing music to it? Well, we're dressed up. We're going to be dressed up. I'm dressed up as Tony Leung's character. Rainbow's dressed up as Maggie Chung's character. That's really cute. I think because the, the, the shots from this particular film is so iconic and like, you know, various mood boards I've seen for photo shoots, like it, that's not even related to films, um, would have very often like this in the mood for love. For us, I think we, we have to kind of like act a little bit <laughs> to, to kind of really like inhabit that space. Shout out to all of those um, Christopher Doyle film bros out Literally. there as well. <laughs> <laughs> this like Sydney connection. In the mood, yes. a love letter to Wong Kar and Hong Kong is live streaming from Sydney Opera House website, Sydney Opera House YouTube at 9pm on Saturday the 26th of September. Beautiful. Direct from the Joan Sutherland Theatre, which will be completely empty. It's just pretty devastating in a sense, but also adds to the hauntingness of um, the performance, I think. And that's a movie, In the Mood for Love, it's a movie about empty space. It's a movie about, about lack, about losing, about mourning. About hallways and doorways. Yes. Liminal yeah. spaces. <laughs> Liminality. Love Marcus Whale, we love Rainbow Chan, and those two were just speaking to Jen and Andre about their performance with Eugene Choi called In the Mood, A Love Letter to Wong Kar Wai and Hong Kong. Excellent, excellent chat. Jen, Andre, thank you always for such a brilliant show. You two are angels. Thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. I'm, I'm pleased. Call us William H. Macy and Felicity Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> Jen and Andre will be back at the same time next week. You can listen back on today's shenanigans uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just look up FBI Radio and Movies, Movies, Movies will be there. Follow them on Instagram and you can see all of the deets at fbiradio.com. Just click on Mornings with My Billick. I've got a very special request for a Faye Wong cover of Dreams by the Cranberries. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Here you yes. go. You're on FBI.
podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.